Welcome to Even Alex Liggins, the podcast. I am Alex Liggins, your host, and I'm excited that you chose today to tune in to hear real stories coming from real people exposing true transparency. Raised in a small town in Washington State, Emmy nominee, published writer, actor, producer, mom of two, and an amazing wife. She is known for being her expert at pop culture, one of the first Latinas to host on E! I am so excited that I have the opportunity to uh, interview Christina. Christina, how are you? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yay, I am so excited to have you here. So I've known you for some time. Um, Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful lady. I might have to say you have like the best sense of humor and I just love seeing you um, on E! and The List. So tell me a little bit about your background. You were raised in a small town in Washington State, um, literally. Only 15,000 people. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm from a cow town. Uh, I'd always say, say that it smells because it literally smells like poop. <laughs> There's cows everywhere. Um, but yeah, no, I was raised in a small town in eastern Washington state, but had my sights set on Hollywood, kind of always felt um, that there was a, uh, there was a God-given want to do something bigger, be someone bigger. And so I had my sight set on Hollywood. Uh, it's so funny. People always say, uh, I always say it was, it was, it was God given my ambition, my determination. And I think, did God really want me to move to Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, she needs to go to Hollywood. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't think that was his necessary, that was necessarily his intention, but certainly, um, it was, the ambition that I've had to be something greater, to to do something outside of my small town was always in me since I was a little girl. So I moved to Hollywood when I was 19, and um, my it was my goal in life to be on red carpets interviewing movie stars. Wow. And then ultimately um, had the opportunity to do that. But it was, I mean, it was, a, it, was a, it was a dream from the time that I was little. I don't know how to explain it other than it was God-given because I didn't grow up around celebrities. I didn't, you know, I, 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 I just, I loved movies. I loved actors. I loved the idea. I think a lot of it was that I grew up so poor, didn't have a lot of things. And that was very aspirational to me. Right. I was like, that's what I want to (laughs) do. That's where I want to be. And so I made it my, my, my mission to get there and then ultimately did get there, which was really awesome. Wow, and you've actually interviewed celebrities such as Demi Lovato, Enrique Iglesias, Shakira, Christina Aguilera, Selena Gomez. George Clooney. Oh my gosh. Jennifer Aniston, Julia Roberts. Um, Yeah, I've interviewed some of the biggest stars in in Hollywood, which is awesome. Again, (sighs) dream come true. Yeah. So tell me, the first time on your red car on the red carpet, what was it like? What was it like? Um, I was nervous. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh, how did I get here?" You know, it's one thing to dream about it, 
when you're little, it's something completely different to then all of a sudden find yourself there. Also realizing the power of your, um, of your work and of your mind that, wow, I said I was going to do this and oh my gosh, I'm totally here. Um, yeah, I was, I was nervous, but it was definitely like, I, I did it. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So do you remember your first interview, who you interviewed? My first interview. Let's see here. Gosh, there was, I mean, so many. I remember interviewing um, Justin Bieber before he was Justin Bieber. He was just like this, this like little kid. I mean, he was like literally a little kid and he had this funky hair and he was walking down the red carpet with Usher. I believe it was like a Nickelodeon event. Mm-hmm. And um, and the publicist said, hey, can you interview this kid? I was like, well, yeah, all right, I'll, you know, I'll interview this kid. Um, and then had no idea that he was about to you know, blow up and be the biggest thing. Same with Taylor Swift. Um, I interviewed her before she was a huge star and Selena Gomez. I was uh, doing an event for the Jonas Brothers and this cute little Latina walked up and she was cute and bubbly and um, she was, nobody knew who she was until she became who she became. So, yeah. Um, But then I've also, like I said, I've interviewed one of my, the highlights is interviewing George Clooney and um, Tom Hanks and Robin Williams. I mean, these people are iconic. Uh, iconic. But then also there are people that I, that when I was, like when I, like when I interviewed New Kids on the Block, I mean, New Kids on the Block wasn't even relevant anymore. Right. But I'm like, 12 year old Christina was like peeing her pants. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm interviewing New Kids on the Block right now. This is like full circle moment right now. So um, I just, I've had some great, great experiences. That's amazing. So you end up going to California and you're in Hollywood. How are you processing the new way of living? The culture is totally different from your small town. How, how did you embrace that? Um, gosh, you know, and it's so interesting because to talk about my my career and the success of my career, that did not just happen when I, like, there's not like a welcome wagon that like, you're like in Hollywood, <laughs> you know? I mean, I was still 19. I didn't get to do the things that I got to do until many years later. So, wow. I mean, I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going to like Del Taco and getting a 39 cent burrito because I could afford that. <laughs> um, you know, but I... It was it was my dream to live in Hollywood, so I in, I totally embraced it. I mean, I was definitely a fish out of water. I mean, I I was I didn't know a whole lot. I was not cultured about the world. I was not cultured about people. Um, but uh, but man, I love I loved it. I wow. loved it. I there was one point where I was um, in college and broke and uh, didn't have a place to live. And so I always say that I lived out of my car. I didn't live in my car. I lived out of my car. (laughs) There's a difference. Yeah. So basically, I mean, uh, you know, I remember having all of my clothes in my car and then I would like bounce from place to place and just like couch surf because I had no place. So I'm going to one of the most expensive private schools in Southern California, the Mm. USC. And I have... No, I'm living out of my car. Like that, the dichotomy is just is just crazy, and um, and I remember my mom was so upset, and she's like, "What? Are, like, what are you doing? You know, she, 
when she sent me off to California, she didn't really send me off. I just kind of left. And I was like, <laughs> see you later. Um, but she's like, what are you doing? This is crazy. I was like, Mom, this is going to be a great story to tell one day. Like, I get to live in my car, and then I, like, make it big. Like, this, like I already had foresight about how this story was going to play out. Um, but, yeah, there was, uh, there, was, there was definitely a lot of struggle. But, oh, uh, it was so it was so fun. It was wow. so fun. I had a great. I I I think of those times fondly, and even in the times that were really difficult, when I didn't have any money or was living out of my car or didn't have a place to live or uh, didn't have any friends, I just remember thinking like, oh, this this is gonna be a part of my e true Hollywood story one day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think those are the moments that define us the most, right? I remember experiencing just not having a lot of opportunity as a kid and now looking it back at it and it just gives me the ambition to propel myself to where I am now and it it's so important that we embrace those moments and we also humble ourselves and like like you totally. you are so humbled I love how humble you are um, talk to me a little bit about your your upbringing so you were raised by a single parent um, five siblings you didn't really have a home what was that like yeah, I mean, I, we were poor. We were very, very poor. My mom, I spent, my mom, man, she worked so hard to raise five kids and um, on welfare and in food stamps. And um, there was, there were five of us and it was weird because my dad was never around. <laughs> but somehow there was five kids. Um, you know, my dad had a, a substance abuse problem. He was an alcoholic and he was absent most of my childhood and uh, spent a lot of time in jail. It was amazing to me to know that like dads don't just like go to jail. Like, yeah. do you remember, like there was like there, there was that one thing like, oh, your dad doesn't go to jail. Like my, like that's so weird. Right. Um, you know, those moments that have become so, uh, so standard. Yeah. Right. And then you realize one day that they're not standard. Mm. But, um, but yeah, um, I, I, we didn't have, we didn't have a, a place to call home. We often lived with my grandmother. There'd be 10 people in one house. Like there's this stereotype that like Mexicans all live cause I'm Mexican mm -hmm. American that they all live, we all live in one house. And I'm like, do you think we all want to live? No, <laughs> we do this because we have no other choice. Yeah. Right. Um, my mom was just doing the best that she could. And, uh, and and so it was it was hard. I, I didn't have resources. I didn't have people telling me that I could do whatever I wanted to do. Mm. You know, there was no, you know, dream big and, and get out it. And, and I don't blame my mom for that. I think that she she again, she just did the best that she could. But yeah. certainly when I would tell people I was going to go to move to Hollywood and be on TV, people were just like. That doesn't happen to people like you. Wow. That doesn't happen to people like you. That is not going to happen. And I'm like, but it is. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It was, it was, it was not, it was not easy. It was not easy having, not having the nice clothes or new shoes or, um, you know, those kinds of things. It was, it was, it was really tough. It was really mm. tough, but you're right. Like I am humbled today because of that experience. All of the success that I have now, I um, have an, an amazing appreciation for it. And especially now that I can look back in hindsight, ha having lived that situation poor, 
um, not having a bed, my own bed to sleep in until I was in college, um, watching my mom pay for groceries with food stamps, um, being in the waiting room while she applies for welfare, those things are still very, um, very vivid to me. Mm. But I'm able to like look back and then all of a sudden I'm like on a red carpet about to interview George Clooney. Yeah. Like talk about just, just being able to see those two realities in one lifetime. And that's, Absolutely. that's what I've been able to experience. And, and so I don't take my success um, lightly. I believe that it was God intended sure. 100%. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, I, I'm not really sure what else to go with that. I but, love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think we can all learn from this part in this interview for sure that again, our past has, has so much to do with our future and we can take our past and turn it into something wonderful. And you're a living proof of that. Tell me a little bit about what motivates you. How, like, you, you talk about success, and, and, and this is going to be a two-part question. So what motivates you, and then at what point did you find that you made it, that you were successful, quote-unquote? Oh, that's so interesting, because I don't know that I have feel that I have made it. How interesting, right? I, <laughs> I have been working in television for 20 years, and I have been on red carpets, and I have been at the Academy Awards, and I'm now hosting my own show um, that's nationally syndicated. And I still always feel like it's a stepping stone to the next thing. Mm. I don't ever, I have not gotten to that point where I feel like I've made it. Um, but certainly there have been points where I'm like, oh, I, this is, this feels good. <laughs> this, this place right here feels real good. But it's always felt like a, it's always a stepping stone. But what motivates me? Um, I mean, now it's my kids. Um, it's providing an amazing life for them that motivates me. I never, I, it, I'm always careful to say this because I don't want my kids to hear this one day and just be like, she didn't want us. <laughs> I didn't know that I ever wanted children. Yeah. You know, I was so career driven. I was so ambitious about, about career and work and travel. I'm like, I don't know that kids fit into that picture. Mm. And, um, and I, and then I just decided one day, as I do on many things, I'm just like, I'm going to be on TV one day. I'm going to move to California. And then I just do it. And then one day I was just like, I'm going to have a baby. And I had my son Mateo and, and man, having a child, having my son Mateo and now Sebastian, who's a brand newbie, he's seven months old, has given my life way more purpose than any red carpet celebrity wow. interview could ever do. And I didn't think that as shallow as that seems, I didn't think that was possible. Yeah. And really it was because my dreams and my career ambitions was what fueled me. Mm. I couldn't imagine anything else fueling me the way my career did. And that's being 20 in my yeah. 20s and not really understanding how much more depth there is. And to people who don't want to have kids, that of course that's fine too. But Absolutely. I um, really have been so amazed that if my career was gone tomorrow, which I don't want my career to be gone tomorrow, <laughs> but if my career was gone tomorrow, but I still had my two boys like that, I, I have arrived. Wow. I won. I love that. Yeah. I think about sometimes how we are so driven, how we are so 
worried and concerned about the future and next steps and all of those different things. And it's really relationships that should be the focus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about our friendship, like this would never have happened if that was never, if we were so more focused on stuff and things. And now, you know, two, four years later, we're having this conversation about our, our past and, and the things that you experience. So there's something to relationships and connectivity that is far more important than the things, material things, if you will. I'm so excited to like talk a little bit more about now where you are. You're married, two kids. Obviously, you've had a tremendous streak of just amazingness. What is life now for you, Christina? It's interesting, though, because it hasn't been a, an amazing streak of, of amazingness, which is life. Yeah. Right? Like, I've had my highest highs, and I've had my lowest lows as well, you know? Um, wondering what my purpose is in life. Wondering, did I, did I, um, did I peak, and now I... Who am I when I put when you when somebody puts so much effort and so much uh, energy into what they do and that becomes them and that maybe goes away? You're kind of left with like, who am I? Mm. Um, luckily, my children have given me purpose, right, on a completely different level. But my psyche, my my the core of who I have always been is is what can I be? What can I become? How can I be relevant? And and I put a lot of effort and a lot of energy into what I do is who I am. Wow. And I've had to work through that. Yeah. You know, that is not something that I'm just like, well, okay, now I have kids. And like, I, I feel like there's been times that I've, I've, I don't know who I am or what mm -hmm. I'm going to do. And I've had to work through that. I've, I have, I've had a serious bout of, um, uh, of anxiety and, and depression that I've worked through, imposter syndrome, if you're an ambitious type A personality, um, imposter syndrome is a very real thing where yeah. where you're like, and this would happen to me on red carpets where I'm like, oh my God, they're gonna find out that I'm like a fraud and that I'm not supposed to be here. Oh my goodness. You know, and so I, these are things that, um, that I've that I've worked through. And so yes, does it look pretty? Yeah. With my beautiful brown little babies and my husband and our pool and you know our you know our life and my career. Yeah, it looks pretty, but it's certainly not easy and it's certainly not the whole picture. Mm. You know, it's not the whole picture. Um, I really truly feel like I have I found a new direction when I found church and when I found God because yeah. that was never a part of my life. Um, I feel like I found direction when yeah. I found God and when I found Jesus and I I it's it's always so weird because that's never been a part of my, my vocabulary. <laughs> like I would never just be like so you know Jesus with me. like that, that are, guy. people yeah people that would do that I'm like all right you sound super self righteous and super yeah. you know like I, I don't do the religion thing and then um, I don't know, a couple of years ago I, I I found I found Jesus <laughs> um, I found church I found community and um, and that has really that along with the right dose of antidepressants <laughs> the proper dosage of anti-anxiety medication paired with uh community and prayer and meditation uh, really um has helped my 
has helped my picture get a little bit prettier. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that. Um, that just speaks to just so much harmony in that. <clears throat> and I think, hmm. sorry guys, I'm getting emotional. I think that's just the beautiful thing about God is that he loves us and he just marks and just creates our path and that we can come just who we are. And I am so grateful that you shared that. It touched me. Um, so, inspiration. You, are, you have about 13,000 followers on Instagram. How do you inspire people? Um, I, I don't, I don't know that I, I share my story, mm. right? I share my story of, uh, of poverty and, uh, the difficulties that I had growing up. It, and, and how I came out on the other end. So I share my story quite a bit. Um, and we'll share it with anybody who will listen. I am extremely, uh, passionate about sharing my story with other little girls that look like me yeah. that have that brown skin who don't see people like them on TV. Um, I think that's one of the one things that I get really excited about is when I hear somebody say, um, I look up to you because you look like me and you're on TV. Like I, representation matters. Absolutely. Um, that is something that I know is a responsibility and um, I take it very, very seriously. So to inspire those little brown Latina girls to aspire to be anything that they want yeah, um, is super important to me. And then the second half of that is um, authenticity. Yeah. What you see is what you get. Absolutely. Who you see on TV is who you see um, having a, you know, if, if you saw me having a beer at a bar or you saw me in church or you saw me at the grocery store or you see me on TV, like who... Here I, I don't know how to be anything other than, <laughs> Here I am. than than me. Yeah. So authenticity is super important, and I hope that inspires somebody else to be their authentic self. Mm. And don't get me wrong; like a lot of times, I'm like, my authentic self isn't good enough. And again, things that we struggle with, you know, that's human nature, you know. And I don't certainly want to be the person who says, you know, I'm authentically me, and I just love it, and yeah. I just. No, I struggle with who is authentically me sometimes, but um, I just feel like if I just keep doing that, then uh, it's, it's going to have to be good enough. I love that. Yeah. I love that. At what point did you feel that you were not enough as a mom? Oh, daily. <laughs> 30 minutes ago. <laughs> I see all the time on Instagram, you're just so authentic and just sharing your 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 stories and you're, you're just going, I'm like, you know what? I failed as a mom today. Yeah. <laughs> on the daily, on a daily basis. Uh, I, I mean, all the time when, when my son's like, why, mommy, why do you have to work? And, you know, and uh, man, that's that. That I don't know that that ever goes away. I, I mean, it. yeah, that I don't know that that ever goes away. But uh, but when they when they get excited when I come home or um, 
when my son, who's seven months, sees me and he starts to giggle and reach <laughs> for me, I'm like, all right, they're, they're cool with me. They're cool. I, I need to be cool with me, too. <laughs> Tell me about one of the moments that you just totally screwed up in the kitchen. In the kitchen? Um, oh, God, this is, like, not even a funny story. This is awful. <laughs> this is the worst story ever, but uh, I was, like... It, I, I was making some potatoes and I put them, oh, this is, a, why am I even telling this story? I put the potatoes in the microwave, they pulled them out, there's a boiling hot water and my son was, see, this is a moment that I was failed as a mother. My son was right there and I turn around and boiling hot water just hits him. And oh I'm my like, gosh. We're in the emergency room. I'm crying. He's crying. And I'm, he's like, he's like, it's okay, mommy. And I'm like, it's, it's not, not okay. okay. <laughs> Moms are not supposed to do this. I'm not supposed to burn my child. I mean, he's got the most beautiful face. And I just, oh, it was awful. Oh, my goodness. I know. Um, but now he's very aware. I'm like, boiling water, boiling water. And yeah. he's like, he's like, I'm, I don't, okay. <laughs> I can't even hear it. Um, but yes, on many occasions. But I do love to cook. I love, I love, I do love to cook. Um, did I say I love to cook? I like to cook a lot. <laughs> <laughs> love is a very strong word. What is the hardest thing about being a mom? Um, I think probably just never feeling like you're enough. And also, you know, be, I, I would also say that the situation that we're in right now, I'm trying to be a working mom and, and that's really, really challenging. Um, uh, wanting to give my kids more of me and not being, not feeling like I can. Mm. Also, I'm not good at playing. Like playing is not my jam. Like I'll take you to a museum. We'll go on adventures. We will like, <laughs> but like, you want me to sit on the floor and play cars? I'm just like not good at that. <laughs> Christina. I'm not good at that. Like with the little figurines and stuff. My son's like, play with me. And I'm like, oh, let's go. And like the situation, like, the pandemic, I'm just like, I can't go anywhere. So yeah. I'm like forced to sit there and I'm terrible at it. I'm like, Mateo, I'm really not good at playing. He's like, it's okay, mom. I'm like, oh, sitting <sighs> on the floor playing with figurines and cars. I'm just like terrible. So well, he looks like he's getting into golf now. Yeah, he's a great golfer. My husband used to be a pro golfer. So he is, uh, Mateo's been playing golf since he could um, stand. And oh even before gosh. that, he would just take a wooden spoon and just like knock the crap out of balls and stuff. So <sighs> he's, uh, yeah, he... He's a, he's a, I love being a boy mom. Yeah. I love being a boy mom. I, I just, I'm obsessed with my, with my kids. I'm obsessed. I don't know Sebastian very well yet because he's seven months. But yeah. Mateo is. Mateo is the jam. He is a cool kid. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I lucked out. He, he's gorgeous and beautiful. And I sometimes say to people, I'm like, I know that that's what moms are supposed to say. So can you just like verify, like just validate what I'm saying? <laughs> He's gorgeous, right? They're like, oh yeah, he's gorgeous. And they're like, well, she has a very, she has yeah, a very, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so what is next for you, Christina? Ugh. Well, like I said, career-wise, um, I always feel like everything's a stepping stone. So I don't know, like, Good Morning America is like the be-all, end-all. This is where I would love to be one day. Um, but I love also the show that I do now. It's everything that I wanted. It's lifestyle. It's fun. It's um, it's not hard news. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a news junkie, but I don't want to report on it. Like, I oh, like yeah. to hear about it. I like to know about it. Um, I like to be aware of what's going on in the world. Um, but when it comes to my career, I just, I really enjoy the fun lifestyle stuff. Um, and then mom wise, just 
I mean, just we're just we're just surviving. Right now. We're just, <laughs> That's all we can yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. If I don't burn my kid that day, uh, <laughs> it is a win-win. <laughs> so, where can followers, viewers, get you? How can they get in contact with you? So, you uh, you can find me on Instagram at Christina Guerrero. Um, that's usually the best place to see all my shenanigans. And then the list, which I am the host of, um, is syndicated throughout the country. And you can check your local listings. If you're Phoenix-based, um, we are on ABC at 2.30. I love it. Well, yeah. you guys heard it first. I'm going to go ahead and transfer into my journalist reporter. You guys <laughs> heard it first from Christina Guerrero. Thank you so much for being on Even Alex Liggins, the podcast. I love it. Thank you for having me. That was fun. Yay. Thank you so much for tuning in to Even Alex Liggins, the podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. You can also visit evenalexliggins.com. If you would like to be our next guest on the podcast, email connect at evenalexliggins.com. As always, I look forward to hearing your feedback and tune in for next week's podcast.